I was really surprised watching this. Um, how much I enjoyed it as a kid, and I really had no idea what the hell was going on yeah. for the for the most part. Um, which was interesting watching it today because I knew more or less what happened in it. I haven't seen it in a while, but even still today, I was like, "Damn, I can't believe like how into this movie I was." Um, without knowing what's going on. Yeah, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, you know, like where he's working things out in his head. Yeah, and then and then uh, it's just like it's not that complicated, but yeah, like it for, really isn't. For a, for a kid. It really isn't, but like the dialogue and like the way that that it's made, it's it's and that's one thing that I notice about this too. Um, well, I knew this before. This movie is actually like a really good like spy espionage movie where yeah. once you get the second one, it takes it to like it's like pretty much the jump. Somebody compared these movies like oh, in Mission Impossible is to Tom Cruise what uh, Fast and the Furious is to Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. and I agreed with this person when they said like oh dude like. Tom Cruise isn't fucking Vin Diesel. Like, he makes other movies and he makes, like, good movies. But I would say, as far as the franchise goes, you have a movie that is about a certain type of... It's, like, a certain type of genre. It's this this thing. And then once you make a sequel, it just fucking goes insane and things just get progressively more, like, yeah. heightened and crazy. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, let's... Play it again, man. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. What's up, everybody? It's Steven here. I am here with Jason. What's up? And uh, we are going to do the very first Mission Impossible movie released on May 22nd, 1996. Um, it was directed by Robert De Palma, stars Tom Cruise, John Voight, and a bunch of other people. Um, this movie is a very cool movie. I remember really liking it as a kid. Um and as I got older, I kind of just realized there's not there's no shootouts in this movie. There, like I think a gun gets fired twice in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really fun spy espionage type picture. Um, it's the first in the franchise that is now um, incredibly profitable, um, and it's had its ups and downs. But yeah, uh, like we said, directed by Brian De Palma. I think it's the film of his that I like the most. It feels the most modern um, of anything he's done. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the cast. But for now, let's start at the beginning, as we always do, and talk about when we first saw this movie or when we could first remember seeing it. I've actually never seen this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Says the man who suggested it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I remember seeing it as a kid, and... Seeing a ki- seeing that as a kid, um, I watched a lot of movies by myself. I remember. Yeah. Like, my brother and sister would we would watch movies together, but like, I don't know. I remember watching them a lot alone, maybe at night or whatever, mm-hmm. and just like getting into certain movies. And you know that that's what I remember the most is that I remember the ones we watched together, but then the ones that I watched alone, like because no one cared or yeah. Or whatever, but I would just get so obsessed, you know, um, with certain ones. Yeah, yeah I definitely like this and the Saint. You yeah, know, like movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. movies like this, I fucking loved, man. I just couldn't get enough. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching it at home on on uh, on cable on the black box, which a lot of movies. I saw a lot of movies like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember loving this movie, and like we were saying earlier, like. I didn't understand everything because there's a lot of information, yeah. but it's really not that complicated when you think about it. 
Yeah, it's I was just. I mean, I was like eight years old when this movie yeah. came out. So, like, and and you know what you were saying too—that there's no shootouts. Yeah, there's no fight scenes really. Really, not at all. Yeah, and for us to be entertained, I mean, it's just a testament to Tom how Cruise well. doesn't punch one guy. Yeah, no. he gets punched. Yeah, yeah. And hit by fucking John Voight. Yeah, and and yeah, and still. I love this fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, like I said, it's a testament to how well Brian De Palma made this movie. Um, the writing was really sharp. Not that we got all of it, but it was it was just really fun. Um, you know, uh, for me, I, I didn't see this movie in theaters. I wasn't like... Uh, I really like Tom Cruise's movies nowadays. Um, but at the time, I think the only thing I remember seeing Tom Cruise in was... Maybe The Outsiders, but I feel like I saw that a little bit later, and uh, Interview with the Vampire. Hmm. But I knew his face. Tom Cruise was a big star. They used to parody him on The Simpsons and, like, Animaniacs and shit like that. But I didn't have any interest in going to see this movie in theater. I remember seeing the trailers and not being, like, that um, excited about it. But I had a friend. Uh, I believe this is where I saw it the first time. I had a friend named Shane. I used to go spend the night at his house all the time on weekends. And... uh he had it on VHS, and we put it in, and we watched it, and I just remember thinking, oh, man, this is really cool. Um, they're spies. They're fucking jumping off and on trains, and they have these cool, like, masks that make you look like other people. And at the time, the technology just seemed so, like, otherworldly and, like, impressive, whereas now watching it today, I was just like, wow, this is, like, very rudimentary stuff. And you could tell that the screenwriters had no idea. They were just using, like, buzzwords, modems, and fucking... Mm-hmm firewalls like they had no idea what the hell was going on um but yeah after that i remember um renting it myself and watching it over and over again and then i had a buddy um shout out to my homie mauricio he listens to all our episodes uh we used to they had a mission possible game for nintendo 64 so we used to rent it all the time and i remember we would play the first played that we played the first mission where it's like it's the when you're at that party and you're supposed to be uh, filming the guy getting the knock list, and then you could jump to another mission and it was the like the oh, the, Lang- the Langley thing, yeah. but there was lasers all throughout the thing because you know there's only lasers in the vent in the movie. Yeah. In the game, there was lasers all the way down to the Fuck. desk, and we could never get past it. But for so some hard. reason, we kept <laughs> renting it over and over again. <laughs> But yeah, I just it, it became it became a movie that I really really enjoyed, and then obviously in what two thousand they came out with MI two uh, Mission Impossible two. I just watched that last week, and I was so excited to see it. And I remember going to see it and being like, "Oh, this oh, is I loved cool! It. This is cool!" And then, dude, watching it later on, I was like, "This is garbage, I- <laughs> garbage!" And I was like so over the franchise, and I thought, "Oh, they'll never make another one of these things." Yeah. And then I remember seeing the trailer for Mission Impossible three and thinking, "Oh shit, I'll." go see that it looks pretty cool and saw it and it definitely reinvigorated the franchise i would love to talk about mission impossible 2 a little bit i think we can because we're not going to do that uh, movie never ever in a million years yeah um i refuse to watch it yeah i, I don't want to do that one i watched it just because i remember you saying that movie sucks and it, it had been it had been that long since i've last seen it yeah and when i last saw it i was of the age that, that yeah, yeah i thought it was cool uh-huh so i watched it again last week and I don't know. Can we talk about it real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, I watched it again last week, <laughs> and I was like, I know it came out at the time of when the crazy action bang, like, yeah, fucking, yeah, 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 you know, all the all the fucking typical shit. Uh huh. And I watched it, and Melissa's there, and she's like, Oh, she goes, I don't know if I've seen this one. I was like, Yeah. I was like, I was like, I, I want to rewatch this one just to, just to see if I'm right. You yeah. Know? And or Steve Steven's wrong. <laughs> and and just before this, like before the movie started, I, I took um like two little like um you know, like Chex Mix uh size edibles. Yeah. And then And if that didn't save it, no oh boy. it made it worse. <laughs> and then we shared a drink. Uh-huh. So, you know, my tolerance is pretty low and edibles hit you harder than we Yeah. Definitely. So like smoking it. So so it's hitting me, and I'm not super high, but like I'm high enough where I'm like really zoned in now. Mm-hmm. Like my focus went from like, oh man, I remember this part. Oh god, this part. To what? And then I just started <laughs> laughing at each part that was so bad. I was like, oh my god, did you see that? 
And then she goes, and then she started to feel it, and then, she, and then we're cracking up together. And she goes, because usually she gets mad at me when I'm when I'm fucking criticizing yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. so much. I'm like, look at this part. That's ridiculous. She'll go, oh, be quiet. She yeah, goes, are yeah, you yeah. the director? Did you write this movie? Uh-huh. Like, and I was like, and then she started laughing. We started both started laughing. Dude, it's a re- it it's a ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous movie. Um, it it bummed me out because I like John Woo. John Woo's made you, some you know sick what? You know what? action movies. He, uh, I have I haven't seen any of his foreign films, um, but I've seen parts of them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I get why this is popular and why it's significant. Yeah. Like they reference uh, part of it in. Uh, community uh like some of his stuff he's got some really awesome like long take action scenes mm-hmm. and everything um but the films that i've seen of his face off which is another fucking i love that movie bonkers that movie we can do that movie but just <laughs> so you know i'm gonna be talking shit about it the I entire know, but time that movie is hilarious. this movie and then uh mission impossible 2 oh. uh they're just really bad yeah. on so many levels and like i said I remember watching that movie thinking it was cool and then renting it a little bit later when I was like a little bit older and just being like, why yeah. did we like the fucking flying off motorcycles yeah, at each other? Dude, that, that. And I I think um, Tom Cruise saw The Matrix and was like, we need to do that, oh. but grounded in reality. And yeah. like it just doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. Um, why, why would two professionals professional undercover agents killers you know all this stuff why would you run at each other with motorcycles yeah why not just like this first of all that fight should have been over under a minute or two it goes on for a while yeah yeah and then when you think he's dead he's not even dead yeah i was so stoned when his head hits the rock. I don't know if you remember that part. That's... When Tom Cruise does that crazy kick, yeah, he's yeah. trying to be Jean Claude Van Damme yeah, right yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and then he kicks him, and the guy falls back, gets knocked out, hits his head on the rock, and then I go, "The rock killed him." <laughs> not every, not anything not else. Anything else. His head that? hitting the rock killed him, and yeah. then he didn't even die because yeah. he came back. Uh huh. Um, the movie is ridiculous. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie. I'm just going to go ahead and say watch it because it, it, people – I know people that are like they they saw like the last couple of Mission Impossibles and they're like, oh, these are really cool. They're, they're dope. You need to see the stark contrast between yeah. – and like even something like Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation was just whatever. It was yeah. okay. I really don't remember a lot of it because it was yeah, like not – not that exciting, and then they really fucking clean house with Fallout. That movie is really I, I dope. I still haven't seen it, dude. That one's awesome. That's yeah. like one of the best action movies I've seen in a while. Wow. Um, but they really do a number of uh, fixing things. But yeah, this this one was just awesome. I mean, this. I mean, just part two is horrible, oh, yeah. and then like we said, there's so much, so little action and shit going on in this movie mission impossible one that uh yeah it it um that's why too they had to go yeah off, off the charts I, I think they didn't know what to do with the franchise and yeah. then they grounded it a little bit more with part three i think philip seymour hoffman really helped give that's that like legitimacy because yeah. he's a scary villain in that movie yeah um but yeah uh great great stuff great stuff but um, let's do the cast really quick. Uh, obviously, like I said, this movie was directed by Brian De Palma. He is one of the most famous and prolific directors of our time. Or well, it's kind of before our time, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, he did Rosemary's Baby. He did The Untouchables, which is a great film. Um, he did this movie. I think he, for the longest time, I didn't know he did this movie because it seemed so much different from. The movies that I had ever seen him do in the past, but I, t- I totally forgot until I saw his name on the on yeah the credits. Yeah, um, but yeah, Brian Palma. He's a friend of you know all the all the old greats: George Lucas, Spielberg, Scorsese. They all came up together. Um, he famously told George Lucas at a screening for Friends that Star Wars was terrible and that he should never release it or something like that. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, was he wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think there was some problems with the editing and everything beforehand, but oh. regardless, 
but yeah, that is um, Brian De Palma directed this movie. I think he did a great job with it. He also did Scarface. Yes, he did do Scarface. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. Of all time. Um, but yeah, we know him and uh, we like him a lot here at the uh, Play It Again Man podcast. Um, slash studios. Slash studios, yeah. Uh, so next up, obviously we have the man of the hour, Mr. Tom Cruise, who is a crazy Scientologist person, but boy, can he make a good movie. Um, it's it's weird, the relationship that he's had with the meat, like with, with people, because he bursts out on the scene. You know, he made a few movies before. 1981, his first movie, Endless Love, I believe, and Taps... And then he's in The Outsiders, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's movie in ni- 1983, and he does a couple other movies that are really big. Risky Business uh, for one, All the Right Moves for another. And then he does uh, Legend with Ridley Scott, one of my favorite movies of all time. What's that one? Um, it's like a fantasy movie where he's like a forest dweller, and he's got to save a princess from the devil, um, and there's unicorns. It's a really weird movie. Uh I just remember seeing a clip of it on TV, and I was like, I have to find out what this movie is. Mm. Um, and then I watched it, and I fell in love with it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, 1985, and then in 1986, which seems crazy, because in nineteen eighty in, in Legend, he seems so young and, like, not a front man. Um, but 1986, he does Top Gun and The Color of Money with Martin Scorsese. So uh, Top Gun, he worked with Ridley Scott's brother, Tony Scott. Um, makes Top Gun awful movie. I don't know why anybody likes it at all. What? I'm st- I'll stand by that to this day. That movie's terrible, dude. Our boy Val Kilmer is I, I understand. Madman. I understand. Movie. As in, like, look, his acting is like, like, look. Val Kilmer is by no means like the character he plays right in yes, real life. He's like course. total, yeah, complete opposite. Of course, but goddamn. I'm, okay. You hate his guts. But the, like, but the but the but the movie in general. I'll tell you, I've seen that movie. Oh, I grew up watching that movie a bunch of times. I don't remember what it's about at all. All I remember is fighter planes. Uh, you hot lost you, you lost that love and feeling volleyball, and that's it. Hot white dudes. That's it. You yeah. could ride my tail anytime. Yeah. I don't remember anything else about that movie. That's how unimportant it is. And how unconvincing of a good movie it is to me. <laughs> That's when I first saw Tom Cruise. Was, I, I know, bet. I, I, I think that might have been when I first saw it too. My grandma loved that movie. Yeah. It was on TV all the time. I've seen it so many times. Don't remember anything about it. I feel the need. The need for speed. I know the, sound, I know the sound bites. I know the sound bites. Um, I just... That's, it's, I don't understand why it's such a classic. I think America was just so in love with war and patriotism in the 80s that that's why it was like super successful. Um, The same year, like I said, he works with Martin Scorsese, The Color of Money. Um, Then he does a little movie called Cocktail where he's a bartender. I want to see that one. Um, it's all right. It's There's not, a lot of movies I haven't seen. No it's not. Cruise. It's not terrible. It's not great either. Um, and then he uh, kind of takes it a little hardcore to like the Oscar bait categories, and he does Rain Man um, with Dustin Hoffman, oh, which is a, a, good a great movie. Um, and then 1989, he does Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, that movie's pretty crazy. I think he um, Tom Cruise is usually really over the top, but in that movie, he really dials it up to like nine thousand. That's another one I need to rewatch. Uh, yeah, Days of Thunder, where he drives fucking cars, Far and Away, um, 1990. Those those movies come out. 1992, he does like I said, Far and Away, and then he does. Uh, a few good men and days oh, yeah. of thunder. Uh, yeah, few good men. Uh, really, really good. Holy shit! What a lineup, dude. He just keeps not at this. And so that's why I was saying he makes these little movies, and then he once Top Gun hits, he yeah. fucking explodes all over the public eye. Um, oh, 19, yeah. 1993, he <laughs> do, he does the firm, and at this time he's famously married to Nicole Kidman. Uh, 1994 interview with the vampire. That's when I was when I was first like, okay, I can take this guy seriously. Yeah. I think this guy's got acting chops and everything. Like he he really comes off as a sadistic vampire in that movie. Um, 1996, he does this movie, Mission Impossible, and Jerry Maguire in the same year. Oh yeah, uh, Jerry Maguire's a good movie. I'm not exactly sure why though. You got me at hello. 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, he worked with Cameron Crowe on that one for the first time. Uh, Without Limits, 1998, Eyes Wide Shut, where he worked with Stanley Kubrick. That's but, a good one. Uh, I didn't see that movie until way later. Like, way yeah, later. Um, that same year, 1999, he does Magnolia. He works with Paul Thomas Anderson again. That's or, at, for the first time. That's at the top of my list. You gotta see of that Tom movie. Cruise movies I haven't seen. And, and Paul, that 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 was the only movie I feel like he deserved an Oscar for. Um, at this point in his career, I think people are understanding that he's not like that Oscar guy, and and I think he realizes that a little later on when he picks up the Mission Impossible franchise again because he just starts making those types of movies. Um, but I think if he worked with Paul Thomas Anderson again, he could get that kind of performance out of him as well. Um, after that. One of my favorites of all time, 2001, he works with uh, with Cameron Crowe again, Vanilla Sky. Oh, yes. Um, absolutely love that movie. It's fantastic. Uh, and I definitely want to do that on this podcast at some point. Um, in 2002, he does Minority Report with Steven Spielberg. Another sick movie. 2003, he does uh, The Last Samurai. 2004, oh, yeah. he does Collateral, where he plays like a villain um, for... Only like the second time in his career. Badass. Uh, he also does War of the Worlds in 2005. Keep uh, going. Good one. Mission Impossible 3. I know, I think in 2000 he does Mission Impossible 2, but we don't need to talk about that movie. Uh, Mission Impossible 3 is in 2006. And I think this is around the time when he's dating Katie Holmes and he does the crazy Oprah couch thing and people like get really weary of him or whatever. <laughs> but after the Mission Impossibles just keep coming out, I think people come around and start liking him again. Um, 2008, Tropic Thunder. Uh, I think that's when people started like giving him a break. Actually, yeah. uh, when they when they could tell he was able to take a joke and be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's when the table started turning for him. Uh, 2010, he does a movie with Cameron Diaz called Night and Day. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was hilarious. I'd I'd have to watch it again. Dude. I remember watching and thinking like, eh, it, it could have been better. It's like uh, you didn't say Jack Reacher yet, but yeah, Jack Reacher. It's like a Jack Reacher. Like a like, like rom com, a comedic Jack Reacher. Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Um, he does a movie called Rock of Ages. Oh yeah, that's a musical. I like that one. Um, I've never seen it, uh, and I hate hair metal, so I don't think I ever will see it. Uh, Jack Reacher's after that. He does a movie called Oblivion that doesn't perform that well, and people are kind of like iffy yeah, about Tom whatever. Cruise pull. Then he makes it a fantastic movie, and because of the uh, marketing people didn't go see called Edge of Tomorrow, where he lives the same day. It's basically like a sci-fi war version of Groundhog's Day. I saw it, but I don't really remember. Dude, that movie's fucking awesome. Uh, he does a sequel to Jack Reacher uh, for some reason. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, now he's just making Mission Impossible movies. He did Rogue Nation. He did Ghost Protocol. Uh, he did Fallout. And he's got two more Mission Impossibles yeah, coming out after now. this. They're like split in two. They're the same movie split in two, I guess. Um, but yeah, that is Mr. Tom Cruise. Did you mention... Oh, you didn't mention it, but did you see Valkyrie? I did see Valkyrie, Did you yeah. like it? I did like it. It was it was a good movie. It was one... I remember one thing at the beginning of it that I liked. Uh, because in movies where people... I mean, for instance, Schindler's List. They're in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, but everybody speaks English because it's for an English accent. Yeah. I like that that movie started at the beginning and it's all in German. And, and then it tra- and then it transitions into English. That is cool. Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking like, oh, that's a cool thing. Because it, yeah. it 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 builds the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, like just, just pretend more, they're speaking German. Yeah. yeah. Foundation's better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so next up we have Mr. Ving Rhames, uh, who plays Luther in this movie. Uh, I think his first movie is a adaptation of James Baldwin's Go Tell It on the Mountain. He plays a young Gabriel Grimes. Um, bunch of movies early on, 86, Native Son, 88, uh, Patty Hearst, 89, Casualties of War, uh, 90, The Long Walk Home and Jacob's Ladder, which is a really fucking crazy movie. I remember him that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember him in that either. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen People Under the Stairs. Yeah, uh, he's in that one in 1991. Uh, 1993, he's in a movie called Dave and Pulp Fiction as well. 
And then 1997, he's in Con Air. We like him from that. Mm-hmm. Con Air. 1998, he's in uh, David Soderbergh's Out of Sight, which is a great movie. Oh, yeah. A uh, movie called Entrapment with Sean Connery and Captain Zeta-Jones, 1999, as well as Bringing Out the Dead, Martin Scorsese picture that we talked about previously. I don't remember him in, in Mission Impossible 2, but apparently he's in it, right? You watched it the other day. Is he in that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him in that movie. Yeah. That's crazy. I I was going to say I need to watch that movie again, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, just, he does the same thing. Like he comes back, and then he needs to find him again, and, and then yeah. contract him for the job. Um, he does some voice work uh, with the movie that's really bad called Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, that has nothing to do with the Final Fantasy IP, um, and Lilo and Stitch in 2002. Uh, and then he's in Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which is a great uh, horror zombie movie. I thought he came back for Mission Impossible in uh, 2006. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, that is. And uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry in, in uh, 2007. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's been in a lot of shit, man. Um, he's he's continued doing all the all the uh mission impossible stuff and that's great i love ving rames it's a funny dude uh but yeah that's uh that's ving rames rosewood rosewood i haven't seen it see that one have you seen the one undisputed where him and Mm -hmm. wesley snipes are in prison you you would have seen that movie. (laughs) That's, that's such a jason movie and they're like they're both boxers that ended up in prison and they they have to like fight for whatever reason yeah he ving rames was the the heavyweight champ and then something happens goes to prison and then wesley snipes is the champ on the inside ah okay yeah and being rams thinks he's all bad he's like you ain't shit oh you think (laughs) think you're the champ i'm the champ in here um next up we got john voight who I used to respect as an actor, and I guess I kind of still do as an actor, but he's a fucking quack now, so yeah. I don't really care to talk about him too much. There are movies that I I know we like that he's in. Um, like I said on a previous podcast, I saw him in Deliverance like, yeah. at very young, and I was like, holy shit, this movie's too crazy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was super young. Uh, Zoolander is a movie I love him in. That came out oh, in 2001. Fuck. That's right. Um, Laura Croft's Tomb Raider in 2001 as well. He plays Laura Croft's dad. He's in National Treasure. Uh, this movie, 1996. Another one that we like here, I think, is Anaconda. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to do that movie just yeah. to talk about John Voight's uh, accent? accent and his decisions and everything that he does there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's in this movie. Another one that I really liked him in that he's really... Uh, scary in is varsity blues oh yeah i love that movie love me some varsity blues but yeah he's in a bunch of stuff he's a really good actor but i think as he got older with age he just became more of a fucking quack like i said i have to mention uh that show ray donovan yeah with him and leap shriver yeah yeah uh he's amazing in that show yeah like i said john void is a great is is a great actor don't get me don't get me wrong yeah Never, never shit on the man's steez. It just, yeah, I can't, I can't really look at him yeah. the same now that I could before. Um, then we got Emanuela Biat. I can't, re- don't know how to uh, say that. She plays Claire in this movie. She's a foreign actress, so I really haven't seen anything else that she's in. But she's uh, not bad in this. I feel like her part's a little underwritten. Yeah. Like maybe there was more scenes with her in him between like her and Ethan. Uh-huh. Um, cause it kind of implies that like she's trying to seduce him in some areas, but that never really goes that far. Um, and then of course we got our man, Jean Renault, who plays, uh, Leon the professional and he's, he's kind of sketched too. What do you mean? You didn't hear about him? Oh really? He's got some, some, some skeletons. Yeah. No, I, I hadn't. Uh, there was possible, like, I hate to say it, but possible like a uh, child, Really? Stuff going on. Holy shit, when, I did not when, know that. When filming The Professional with Natalie Portman. That, really? Yeah, that like he had tried like something with because her. I, I know Because I know Luke Benson is like, people really don't like Luke Benson anymore because 
he he wrote the movie and originally it had way more of like sexual relationship between oh, Leon think, and the and think, the girl. I think that's what it was. Maybe you're thinking of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I haven't heard anything about him specifically. Oh okay. At least, but yeah, Luke Benson. Like a lot of people are like, just oh, he's a fucking creep, and especially he had like a really young girlfriend at the time. Or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but spreading fake news over here. This dude, this dude's been in a lot of movies. Like we said, Leon the Professional, um, 1994, and he does this in 1996. He's a French actor, so he's been a lot more shit overseas. Um, I remember him from Godzilla, 1998. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Um, he's in movies like The Da Vinci Code and a bunch of other great stuff. Couples Retreat. He's pretty funny in that movie. Um, he did this movie, I can't remember, oh, I think it's called Just Visiting, where him and some dude, he's like a knight, and he's got a squire, and then they end up in, like, modern-day New York. Never saw it. Strange movie, wasn't that great, but I just remember watching it one time, I was just like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, he's, I think, uh... Ronin? Oh, yeah, he's in Ronin, yeah, Ronin. Uh, we talked about that on a previous pod, but yeah, I think... As far as the cast goes, there's a that's, lot of that's the a lot of other people in this movie, but I've pretty much never seen them in anything else. Yeah, now we said the the most important ones for sure. Yeah, so that's um, actually that's a, you got. You got I don't. I've, I've never seen this dude in anything else either. But I'd be mad if I didn't mention him or we didn't talk about him for a second. It's Kittredge. Why? What is he in Beverly Hills Cop too? No, I don't, okay. I don't even know what he's in. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why? Because because he's so good and so fucking hateable. Or you know you know what word, I, I I he says a line in this movie that I the way he talks, immediately dude. repeated after he said it. What are you what are you supposed to do? Put a guy at the airport? Yeah, dude. <laughs> just I hated him as a kid. I, I really and I did. Still hate I really him did. now. Yeah, he's gonna be in the new movie apparently. I saw. I just saw, which is yeah. which is strange because I feel like he's such a nothing character yeah. to like. Modern audiences, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this movie a million times, but people who haven't, they're gonna be like, "Who is this person?" Um. Yeah. But yeah, Kitridge. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, sorry, Henry Sersney. Henry Sersney. Yeah, well, he's Canadian. Shout out to you, Henry Sersney. If you hear this, we're fans of how much we don't like you in this movie. So you did a good job. Hmm. Uh. But yeah. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this Ethan movie. Hunt. Uh, what uh, what stood out to you this time around watching this this flick? Uh, two things. Oh yeah, when Claire shows up at the safe house, mm-hmm. and uh, and Ethan's like, "Who sent you here?" And then she goes, "She goes, what? What are you talking about?" He goes, "Who sent you here?" Yeah. And she goes, "Jim." And then he goes, "What did he say?" And then and then he says something else after that. Uh-huh. She goes, "Jim's dead" or whatever. But she answered his question. Mm. Like, she, oh, well, she does. She does because when he throws her on the bed, she says, uh, "She shows up at four o'clock, oh four hundred. Yeah. And she repeats it over and over again. Right. But before that, he goes, "Who sent you here?" And she says, "Jim." Well, then she's not lying. I know, but like he doesn't pick up on that. But either way, she would be telling the truth, even if Jim was really dead, because he's the one that told her to show up at four o'clock. I don't know about that. I think. I, I was reading more into it. Like, well, why would she reveal that he's alive? I don't know. Maybe she's she still seemed very like not hundred percent on board. You know, like I yeah. don't know. Well, she didn't want to kill Ethan in the end either. Yeah. Um. So ooh, something that I thought about uh, this this movie is based off of a TV series. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, uh, the masks are such a big part of this movie and they become part of the franchise. I was wondering if they did something like that on the TV series, because I've never seen the TV series at all. Um, and then also one thing that I was thinking about, because they, they have that first, uh, hotel with the, like Claire's supposed to be dead and then Ethan has a mask on and they break away the hotel room and Mm -hmm. they're in a soundstage or whatever. And then they start playing the iconic Mission Impossible music. At the time, this is the first Mission Impossible that I've ever seen. Same. But in 1993, there's a scene in Ace Ventura where he's uh, searching Camp's house, and they're playing the Mission Impossible song, and it seemed familiar to me at the times. But I don't know how that's possible. Maybe I'm just mixing my memories up. You probably, yeah. I mean, you probably heard it somewhere else, like like the jingle on TV or something like that. Um, and then. 
we get John Voight on the on the plane, mm-hmm. and I what stood out to me is like this is 1996. I remember ashtrays everywhere. I remember people smoking indoors, but I would have thought it happened a little bit earlier where they banned all that shit. But 1996, he's smoking a cigarette on the airplane to cover up the smoke from the message that burns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that that stood out to me for sure. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, anything else that you got? Oh, um, Luther is really Marcellus Wallace. Wow. <laughs> what a stretch. I just, I couldn't help thinking that when they're, when they're talking on the train and he's like telling them about the job yeah, yeah. to break into Langley and he's just, I'm just looking at him I was like, bro, you're wearing the same suit <laughs> you got the earrings. I was like, it's fucking Marcellus Wallace. I just, Marcellus I, Wallace was the under CIA, undercover CIA agent the whole time. I just feel like wherever Ving Rhames goes, they look at what he's wearing. They're like, that's fine. And then yeah. they, they just put him in the scene. They put him in the scene. Um, one thing... Oh, one thing that I was going to say, because Tom Cruise impersonates that congressman at the beginning. Of, he's a senator. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the movie. And they're like, oh, he's fishing somewhere. I was just thinking today with like cell phones and social media and everything, you could never impersonate a senator for longer than like 10 minutes and show your face anywhere else. Cause yeah. like the, somebody's going to know where you are for mm-hmm. sure. And I just thought that was funny. Um, and then another thing too is when the Mark guy is downloading the fake knockless or whatever, he puts in a, I mean, there's discs in this movie throughout the whole thing. So just the idea of like floppy disks yeah. in general. Like I remember having a computer Something that big. Yeah. Really bulky. And then they actually had really floppy ones before. It's just blast from the past. And like we said, like back in the day, the technology seems so advanced, but by today's standards, it's just ridiculous. One more thing that I, I, I found it on my terrible notes here that I keep, um, you could totally see that, that Jim Phelps has the gun turned this way. And oh, yeah. It's him shooting the, himself. The first time I watched it, I obviously didn't catch it, but I've yeah. seen it so many times afterwards. And this time when I watched it, I was like, you oh, totally dude, you can it. totally see it. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Another thing, oh, I can't believe we left him out. Um, Emilio Estevez oh, yeah. is in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know Emilio Estevez from The Mighty Ducks, from... Yeah. Uh, What's that movie that he did with fucking Charlie Sheen? Young Guns. Not Young... Well, Young Guns and Young Guns 2 plays Billy the Kid. Um, there's a movie... It's not Dirty Work. It's fucking... Oh, Repo... Not Repo Repo... Man. Well, we know Repo Man. We also know uh, fucking... That movie where all the cars trying to kill people. Doesn't matter. Milo Estevez. The first time I saw this movie, I was like, Oh, Emilio Estevez is in this movie. Mighty Ducks. Blah, blah, blah. And then instantly just fucking dies. Like, right away. I was like, What the hell's going on? Dude. Because to me, at the time, Emilio Estevez is a big star. Outsiders, he was in with Tom Cruise before as well. Yeah. Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. That's the movie where all the cars kill the people. Men at Work? Was that the one? Men at Work. Like, might be. Yeah. With him, the, him and Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, but yes. Judgment Night? Yeah. Emilio Estevez has been in so many, so many different things. I really wonder what happened to his career in the 90s That's that he true. just stopped making like... Because he was like a... Kind of a star for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I really I really don't understand what happened to him. Maybe it was personal stuff, or I don't know. Um, obviously he's famously Charlie Sheen's brother, Martin Sheen's son. Um, Damn, he looks more like Martin Sheen, the older. Yeah, fans. yeah, right, right. I remember being young and thinking like, oh, Charlie Sheen looks like Martin Sheen, but it's like no, fucking Damn, Emilio dude. Estevez definitely looks like him a lot. He looks yeah, just like him. Um, but yeah, that's Emilio Estevez. But like we said, he dies. Um, so after everybody dies and uh, everything goes awry, Tom Cruise goes back to the apartment, and then that's the first time I ever saw the broken glass trick, where like, that's oh, you sick, break yeah. you break the glass to like make sure you could hear people walking up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that whole scene of him like, uh, get that whole scene of him like working out shit on the computer and it's so like rudimentary like like internet access like mm-hmm. blah blah and then he's typing in job uh 314 mm. and he doesn't he think thinks his job 314 mm-hmm. oh another one of my uh favorite parts before we get to that is uh 
when he calls in to Langley or whatever to talk to Kitridge and then oh, yeah. the, the the yeah putting the thing on the on the bottom of the I phone. I love some good gadgets. Yeah, it's 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 so fun. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. Is uh, my old team is dead. Dude, uh, do you remember the like in the early days before YouTube and everything, the soundboard uh, yeah. website? So you call people up. <laughs> call they had they had one? Tom Cruise ones. I remember that one being on there. Dead. They're dead. My old team is dead. The list is in the open. Dude. Uh, yeah. What a, he, one of the greatest. One of the greatest. Great yellers. Yeah. He, he Greatest runners. Greatest yellers. Runners, for just, sure. Just He's so up good. there with Al Pacino being able to yell. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. They didn't hear you the first time, but they're gonna hear you now. <laughs> uh, and then off the, we we skipped over it actually the the whole um, aquarium scene. Oh uh, yeah, with, with I, Kit Ridge. I got to hear it. Love that. Uh, the him him, you know, realizing that all those people there there was another team at the at the op, and uh, him talking to Kittredge and Kittredge thinking that he's the mole. And see, that's what like when I was younger, I didn't even know that. I thought that they were just the mission went awry, and like mm-hmm. I was like, why is he like why is he running from Kit Ridge or whatever? But it's yeah. he thinks he's the mall and yeah. all this stuff. The list clicks and stole his decoy. That's correct. The actual list is secure at Langley. Galitzin was a lightning rod. He was one of ours. This whole operation was a mole. The mole's deep inside. And like you said, you survived. I'll show you something, Ethan. Since your father's death, your family's farm has been in receivership. Now, suddenly, they're flush with over 120 grand in the bank. Your father's illness was supposed to have wiped out that bank account. Dying slowly in America, after all, can be a very expensive proposition. So, why don't we quietly get out of here onto a plane? I can understand you're very upset. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. All right, Hunt. Enough is enough. You have bribed, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell. And then you get the cool red light, green light fucking gum. Mm -hmm. Explodes. Runs out of the fucking building. Super cool. Just, like, really, really, really badass. Um, Kittredge? never seen me upset yeah really good there's just this intensity that he has it's just like oh man this guy you don't want to mess with him <sighs> you know why do you think they didn't have any fight scenes or where he murders people kills somebody because we know because they allude to he has killed people oh no yeah for sure and, uh all oh. these people must have killed people like a lot throughout yeah. their their careers i think i don't know i i I'm not sure how involved Brian De Palma was, bef- like by the time the script was written. So I can't tell if he had any influence on it or if it was just the writers that did it. But I think because the series was on TV and it definitely wasn't how we view Mission Impossible James Bond movies now, that they were really trying to do just like a really tight knit spy espionage film that yeah. didn't need big explode like too many big explosions yeah. and shootouts and everything. Like that's that's what I'm coming to the conclusion to. Yeah. But like I said, just how well and how fast the the story moves and how well Brian De Palma like put everything together, it, it just works. You really don't need it. You don't, no, you don't need it at all. I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, there's nowhere where I could, like, you know, want to insert him break this guy's yeah. neck. Yeah, and then even him... even when things might go awry and that happens, uh, Ethan stops it when yeah. when uh, what's his name's gonna kill oh, gonna yeah. kill the zero the, the guy in yeah. in Langley. He's like, yeah, zero body count stops yeah. him. Yeah. It just it works, and I I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it, I guess. Um, but yeah. Back to the apartment where he's searching on the web. Uh, 
what the writers probably didn't know about the internet and search engines is that if you put Job 314 into a search engine, regardless of whether it has the fucking colon or anything like yeah. that, it's going to give you the yeah. the right answer. Um, it's just kind of how they work. Uh, you know what's funny is that you know about technology way more than I do. Yeah. So in my brain, I'm still like, oh, yeah, this is cutting edge stuff. <laughs> I'm still like, yeah, this is pretty, pretty uh, uh, fucking high-end shit here. Um, let's see. Oh, one thing that I noticed was there's so many fucking Dutch angles in this movie. Um, wait, so a Dutch angle is when the camera's offset, like it's oh, tilted. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them in this Super movie. Super cool, though. It was, it was really cool in the 90s, and then it got overused like over, over uh-huh. the years. And this movie, it still works. Yeah, don't, like don't when they're having the meeting? Yeah, yeah. At the, at, yeah, yeah. That's when so. I first noticed it. I was like, oh, there's a fucking Dutch angle. Oh, there's another Dutch angle. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. another one. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, okay. Um, so he's working all that stuff out, and then uh, What's-Her-Name comes in. He has that like weird flash of... John Voight coming yeah. in, and then it ends up being Claire. Um, and he's very suspicious of her for sure. Well, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Um, and then he realizes that he finds out who uh, he finds out who Job is, contacts, and then figures out that he wants to meet with them. And uh, basically, the way he's going to clear his name is he's going to hand over Max yeah. to Kitridge yeah. so that he knows that he wasn't the mole the right. entire time. Um, I I really like that scene. Uh, well, he gets in the car. He asks the guy for the match, and then he gets in the car. And then there's like discount. Uh, Phil Collins in the front seat. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, put this on or whatever. And then he goes to meet Max. And then while they're while they're uploading the knock list or whatever, Kitridge and his team fucking is like moving in. They're like not sure if he, if they're like he's telling the truth. And then finally. They burst in the room, and I just love that fucking like seventy yeah. year old guy with yeah. a submachine gun. Like he, like he should be the first one through the door. I got nothing left to live for. Really? So like, what the fuck, dude? Totally not like how I would imagine a professional I, team yes. w- w- would come in. Their guns out. In the Their guns air, out, and like, that chick's still bro- sweeping yeah. the fucking just, floor right next to him. Like, dude, why would you put the gun on her? <laughs> why not just watch? Yeah. Just watch and just be like, yeah. We're we're supposed to be here, right? Yeah. Now. You know, it's like they can't, and then they come in with those jackets. Yeah, like if they're fucking. I like, know, like fucking. I, yeah, I don't you, know what you guys look very suspicious to me. Yeah, you look like G men, pretty much. Um. So yeah, they get away scot clean because they believe Ethan, and uh, they're leaving. Then Ethan's got to assemble his team. Yeah. So he asked Claire, "Who do we use?" They use disavowed. This is the first time I noticed that they're disavowed uh, members of what you. They used to be part of IMF, yeah. Um, out of America, uh, and then they we meet Luther and um, homeboy fucking Jean Reno, uh, and uh, he tells them what they're stealing. From. Well, he doesn't really tell them what they're stealing, but he tells them it's profitable, and then he tells them where they're stealing it from, and they both look at him like he's fucking crazy. And he's like, oh, you got to be crazy to do this one. And this is one of my favorite scenes where he's explaining the plan and then the plan in action, obviously. Relax, Luther. It's much worse than you think. The terminal is in a black vault lockdown. The only person allowed in the room has to pass through a series of security checks. William Donlow. The first is a voice print identification and a six-digit access code. This only gets him into the outer room. Next, he has to pass a retinal scan. And finally, the intrusion countermeasures are only deactivated by a double electronic key card, which we won't have. Now, inside the black vault, there are three systems operating whenever the technician is out of the room. The first is sound sensitive, Anything above a whisper sets it off. The second system detects any increase in temperature. Even the body heat of an unauthorized person in the room will trigger it if the temperature rises just a single degree. Now that temperature is controlled by the air conditioning coming in through an overhead duct 30 feet above the floor. 
That vent is guarded by a laser net. The third system is on the floor and is pressure sensitive. The slightest increase in weight will trigger the alarm. And any one of these systems, if set off, will activate an automatic lockdown. Now, believe me when I tell you, gentlemen, all three systems are state-of-the-art. And you really think we can do this? We're going to do it. Uh, yeah, the, the entire... I just did an episode, recorded an episode with a friend of ours, and um, I noticed when I was telling her about this that I was going to do this later on. I like I like uh, scenes where people are explaining the plan, but they're showing the plan happen while, yeah, it's, while it's happening. Um, for some reason, I always just found that really cool. So they explain the plan to Luther and John Reno, and uh, then they... They go to Langley, and they got to steal this fucking knockless out of this crazy, insane vault with these motion detectors and this temperature machine, and you can't make any noise and everything, and it's fucking really cool. Uh, and they got they got uh, Luther in the van, guy in the van, uh, fixing everything, and then uh, I just love uh, the whole toast, 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 yeah. all that stuff. Um, is there anything about that scene that rubs you funny? Yeah, um, when uh, Franz Jean Renault yeah uh, is holding uh, Ethan and he sees the rat yeah and he lets the rope go catches it and then he's like hanging like a couple inches yes. off the ground yes 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 and he's like moving yeah and then the sweat yep is coming off this his is glasses why I asked the question yeah and then his hand is seems like un- is underneath it, it seems like a person another person is yeah. there and they're like whoop they catch the sweat. I, th- I yeah. that's exactly why I asked this question. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, even if he somehow he's like this, yeah, inch like centimeters, yeah. he would have to like, yeah, like, uh, he would it, not just, catch it, it just fast would enough. not work. Yeah, it would not work. Um, that is one thing that always bugged me yeah. about that part. Uh, maybe not the first time I saw it, no. but after watching now? it like over and over, definitely for yeah. sure. It's still. I I, I really like that that part. Um, the silence when they when they finally he shuts the vault door and then they finally let Tom Cruise in there. Yeah. The lack of sound in there oh, really sets awesome. the mood. Yeah. It it just it's just really cool. I like that part. I gotta a lot. say, right before the drop of sweat falls, I like that they have the one and it's hanging. Yeah. And it wouldn't have fallen. And the other one's gonna. Come and then down. you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> and then you're like, that one's for sure gonna make that one fall. No, it's it's a really cool premise, really yeah. cool thing, and. I mean, how they would have gotten out of that, like I don't know, yeah. without without doing the hand thing. But yeah. yeah, I always always that always bugged me. But still, the scene's really cool, high tension, high stakes. It's it's what you love about spy movies Dude. for sure. Franz has to be one strong motherfucker, yeah, yeah, to be holding him like that, yeah, and then pull him up that fast. Yeah, how's he gonna get him up that fast? Well, they have like some sort of like pulley mechanism at first, but when he kills the when he kills the fucking. By the way, how does he kill the rat? With the knife. He's, he fu- he's holding he, him. He, he he's holding him, and then he he jumps and he fucking stabs the rat, and then he grabs a rope again. Would he fall in that fast? I don't know. It seems like there's a pulley system that because remember when the guy comes in like and and Ethan goes up like really fast. Yeah. I think there's a mechanism that gives the rope a little slack, so there's like room for error there. But uh, once once he knocks the rope off the little pulley thing hanging on the edge of it, I think that's when he's got to really struggle to fucking uh, get like get him up there faster. Yeah, and it starts making a lot of noise. God, man, it, I still feel for him when he's holding him. He's just, like, just sweating like <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah, gr- so gnarly, gritting, dude, gritting yeah. teeth. Oh man, yeah, and he's so sweaty. Yeah, so sweaty. Wouldn't you be wearing a fully covered bodysuit or something? I'd, dudes. I'd have fucking long sleeves. I would wear a mask. Mate, yeah, probably. Yeah, because would. if somebody did how walk into the room, yeah. they see your face, you're done. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Silence sets the mood. Love that scene. That's probably the coolest scene in the entire movie. Um, one thing that, oh, another thing that I caught this time is the guy walks in, he's sick. And he walks in with his head down. He would have saw Ethan's reflection on the Most floor too, uh, and like looked up. I was just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, the hand catching the sweat. Um, oh, I I like the line that Kittred gives uh, when they're like, he's like, you and me know about this, and it stops here. What about him? Just send him to Alaska somewhere. He's like, just just mail him his clothes. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. Um, and then we get oh, this is one thing that I was like oh, this absolutely has to be true. We get the next scene where um, Franz thinks he has a knockless, and then Ethan pulls out the disc. Oh yeah, and then he starts doing the whole like sleight yeah, of yeah, hand yeah. shit. I was like Tom Cruise, knowing Tom Cruise, he definitely learned magic. Oh yeah. During this scene, he he absolutely did that shit himself. Um, but yeah, don't, don't you think when he's downloading the Noculus onto the disc, it would have taken way longer than that with technology back then? I mean, it is Langley. I mean, they probably have state of the art. Yeah, because that, that seemed they, like they, it was in say, thirty seconds. Well, see, that's the thing. That's this. That's the thing too. Is like as advanced as the technology seems in Hollywood, they say. I'm not going to say who they are, but they say that, like, our cell phones and shit like that, people that actually do, like, espionage and, like, shit like that, that, it's, like, 10 years ahead of us all the time. Oh. All the time. So, no matter where we are in technology, like, like high-stakes espionage CIA shit, their technology is, like, 10 years ahead of us. Um, but I, that's, I mean, I, I don't know how true that is, but that's what people, people say. Um, but, yeah, Tom Cruise definitely learned magic for that one. Um, and then he goes to make that phone call uh, to call Kitridge, and uh, John Voight shows up. And in my head, I was like, I would immediately, if John Voight's alive, you are immediately the mole. You're yeah. abs- you're absolutely the mole. And then it ends up he he, he already knew he, he already knew yeah. the, the the entire time. Yeah. Um. So. Because right before that, he finds the Bible from the Drake Hotel yeah. in Chicago. Um, so he goes, John Voight, <laughs> John Voight shows his face. They have that conversation, and he's playing back the night, but the entire time he knows he that knows. It's, it's That's John the Voight. other thing that uh, I didn't notice last time or before um, was when he says, after the whole thing, mm-hmm. he says, why, Jim? Why? Yeah. And now he's asking him for, yeah, for, for, sure, real. for real. Why but did you do it? Jim really Jim's like, like he's oblivious. Yeah, he's like... Well, you know, Kittredge. He you only know? makes sixty thousand yeah. dollars. Bum marriage. That blah, whole blah, thing. Blah. Yeah, yeah. All that but he stuff. Knew. Um, and then immediately after that, we get the whole train sequence, which is really really fun. Yeah. Um, I like the stuff with Luther. He's like trying to get away. I always like the look he gives the fucking oh, the car the car the, the car guy when he's like, "Sir, your phone is just like, yeah, <laughs> you're fucking my shit up, man." Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I always thought those, I don't know if they were magnets or suction cups, those things that they use to get through the the vents and then on the train that I think, Jim uses. I think they're suction cups because when they're in Langley and they're, he uses those things to go up the vent yeah. and then he gets on the level part and then he like puts it down. When he walks past it, he hits it with his hand mm-hmm. and it just moves like freely. Interesting. So I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's suction where you like push. So, yeah. It needs pressure. And you have to like you know? lift it up yeah. or something. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Speaking of Langley, real quick, yes. and, and and like high tech, you know, gadgets and stuff. I still love that magnet thing that unscrews the screws from the vent underneath. Oh, when it comes down. When I was watching that thing, I like it. I, I like it, but at the same time, I I never put two and two together that it was a magnet thing because I'm like, why would you chance it falling into that yeah. thing? Like, uh, it's, it's got to be a super strong. Magnet. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, so we get the confrontation uh, in the back car. Uh, Claire comes in. She starts pretty much spilling all the beans to what she thinks is Jim, but yeah. it's really Ethan in a mask. Which at that point, if I was a spy, I'd be like, let me yank on your face or we're not having this conversation. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he reveals himself, and then fucking John Voight comes out in a fucking, like, little weird ghillie. He's dressed like Sean Connery in The Rock. He is dressed <laughs> like Sean Connery in The Rock. Um, and he's got that, like, makeshift gun that he's got. Yeah. Um, looks, looks fucking really weird. But, uh, yeah, they have that confrontation, and then uh, Jean Reno's trying to get uh, Jean Voight off the, uh, off the train, and Ethan's got to follow him. I'm, like... Obviously, the all the effects aren't that good, but how they shot Tom Cruise That's, with, with awesome. like with like the wind and everything, yeah. they must have like did something. How they do it, that? it looks really cool because it doesn't look good mixed in with the CGI. 
but how they filmed him wherever they filmed him on yeah. whatever with whatever wind machine or whatever yeah. it looks it really looks cool awesome. it looks really cool when, his when hair is the, all yeah his yeah, hair is all flat, flat and he's going against it yeah and he's like, and his like face his, skin. his yeah his yeah. skin's like peeling on yeah. his face like yeah it looks really cool um, so yeah, he I love the when um, he he he's like, oh, the tunnel's coming, yeah. gotta let go, and he grabs the fucking cable that John Voice trying yeah. to hook himself up to, ah, puts yeah. it on the train. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, that's legit. Just dude, like we, fuck you. Oh, yeah. and then at the same time, he fucking hooks and screams, and then fuck the people in the train that might die. Yeah, <laughs> so the fucking helicopters hooked up to it. For real. But yeah, he's getting his man at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, he you know he hooks the train up. It goes into the tunnel, and then stupid ass Jean Reno's like about to like try to kill him with the helicopter blades, and then the back of his helicopter hits Bing. hits the top. Yeah, and then he jumps back on red light, green light. It so explodes. Sick. The yeah. the train's fucking. I don't know why the train stopped. To be honest with you, because the guy in the back's like accelerate, yeah. speed the car up, but it stops. I don't know why exactly, but then we get the propeller nearly nicking his fucking neck. Um, and, yeah, it... Uh, <laughs> that train conductor looks like Goofy. He looks like a cartoon character, yeah. for yeah. sure. Without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Um, and, yeah, and then that's... Uh, basically, the whole movie wraps up a little bit. Kittredge catches Max. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan's parents get cleared. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Do they keep the money? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Um but uh, yeah, and then he meets Luther, and Luther is reinstated as a as a member of uh, the IMF. IMF is what impossible, 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 mis- <laughs> yeah, impossible, impossible missions, missions force, force. yeah, okay. which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and I didn't know that until Mission Impossible Three. He says it at the end, and his wife starts laughing at him because oh. it's ridiculous. Oh, I don't even remember that. I because I was watching today. I was like, or the other day, and I was like. IMF Impossible Missions Force. Yeah, like, that's what? what it. That's what it is. I was like, it's not that cool. It isn't that cool. <laughs> but you got to think it was made for like a '70s, '60s TV series, yeah. so makes sense. Um, anything else about the actual movie before we move on to the final category? Uh, don't ever get caught under an ele- elevator. Yeah, definitely not. Don't just stay out of elevator shafts yeah. in general. Pretty like, much. Why? Why would they put him there? Isn't there a better spot he can be? <sighs> I think he needed to be in close range with the fucking fingerprint thing or something like that. Oh, God damn. Yeah, so I wouldn't like wrong. that. I wouldn't like that job. That uh, sounds really scary. I'm also so happy to see Emilio Estevez because <laughs> her car, her car is named Emilio. Uh huh. And she goes, "Oh my God, I love him." I was like, "Oh yeah, keep watching." <laughs> and she goes, "What?" And she's on her phone. I was like, "No, no, keep watching." And then he's going up, up. Cut the power jack, dude. He dies so gnarly, and then and he looks up, and she goes, "Oh my god, no!" And, and she looks away, dude. And then when she looks back, it's right when you see them, <laughs> dude. And he dies so gnarly, yeah, gnarliest death in the whole movie. Um, but yeah, uh, any, anything else besides um, that? Yeah, I, I mean, damn, stuff. Jim Phelps is fucking uh, ruthless, man. He just shot killed, his wife, his wife like nothing. Yeah, there'll be plenty of plenty of those. When he's got six million dollars in cash, ten you know, million dollars. We haven't we haven't talked about a lot of quotes from this movie. I mean, we said a few. Yeah. But this one gets me every time. Which one? When he goes, but why Claire? And he's like, Oh, she, yeah, she yeah. wasn't she wasn't sure if her charms will work on you, Ethan. But I knew they would, having tasted the having goods. Tasted the goods, <laughs> dude. Yeah, just like Jesus. There was yeah, that, there was one part that I was like, oh, I think fucking Jason will like this, but I didn't write it down. I can't remember what it was. Oh, sorry. Um, I, but I was supremely confident. Uh, <laughs> supremely confident, having tasted the goods. Uh, so good. Yeah, uh, the guy that, the guy at Langley that's supposed to be in the vault. That guy is fucking. Oh yeah. If I was him and I was at Langley and some lady walked up to me and sat next to me at a table. Uh, I'd be like, go sit somewhere else because yeah. I have a highly sensitive job and I don't need anybody fucking drugging me. Yeah, and then putting that little, yeah, that little, on a little tracker on him. Honestly, yeah, like you would be way more hyper vigilant. Yeah, he'd be like, what? Like, 
I, I guess know, maybe like, because he does it every single day and sees a lot of the same people every day. And it's Langley. It seems very secure. Yeah, you're like, how could anyone get in here that's not supposed to be here? Yeah, that's probably what it is. But yeah. Um, well, that's why he's working in Alaska. Now. <laughs> yeah, in a tower On in Alaska tower. somewhere. <laughs> they still haven't mailed his clothes, though. That would be really funny if he showed up in the in the. <laughs> yeah, in the next do movie. they got They to. have to go to Alaska and they crash into a tower and then he's just there. And just, yeah, and he's oh like, fuck, where am I going now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, Last part of the show, um, you're a producer, I'm a producer. Obviously, this movie has a bunch of sequels. sequels. But if we really had to, would we make a sequel, remake, or a prequel to this movie? Uh, probably the prequel. I mean, sequel already, you know. Maybe how Ethan get. I was thinking about this today. Yeah, he seemed, he, he seems a little wet behind the ears in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, maybe like how he got recruited by the IMF. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, if it were me, you know what? I think that I think I would make a sequel, but a sequel to this movie and change. I mean, I love the way the newer movies are and everything, mm-hmm. but like the emphasis that we we've been putting on the fact that this movie was not action blockbuster like like type of mo- typical type of movie yeah. like that. I think. What if you just you erase all the other movies, pretend they don't exist, and you made a sequel to this movie, and you kept them in the same vein where there's not a lot of action, not a lot of shootouts. You just kept on making cool spy espionage movies. How difficult that would be going forward, yeah. probably very, but yeah. I just think this movie on its own could have been a one and done, and you know it, it accomplished something, I think, for sure. What about a TV show? TV show would be cool. I mean, like, they already did the TV show in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like, TV you know. show, t- a TV show, like, if Tom Cruise... I, eventually, he's going to have to walk away from this franchise. He's going to be too old. Yeah. Um. So, if they did a TV show, that would work, too. I, I'd like that. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to read real quick about the train scene. Like, how they, how they did that. Mm. You know? But maybe I should have done that before. <laughs> yeah. CGI. Dude, it looks I, really I, good. I, though. I know they did CGI for like the like to superimpose him in that environment, but like how they like how they like what they did to like fucking blow like all his clothes and everything like that. It's 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 something. But yeah, anyway, uh one more thing I didn't notice before. What? The intro uh-huh. the, or the credits? It's showing you the whole movie before it starts. I didn't notice in this one. I it does that in all the other movies. Oh, okay. In the other movies, it's very prominent. In this one, I didn't notice. No, no. Put it put it on after. Yeah. And then when it's when it's going, you, you see all, a bunch of different scenes from the movie. Really? That, that are coming? Yeah. Because that's one thing that I I don't um, generally like about the newer ones. It does it in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even watching it today. I didn't really notice. Mm-hmm. Um, strange. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's this movie. Uh, We really like it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. It's the first Tom Cruise movie that we've done. I'm sure we're going to do a whole lot more. Uh, Jason, where can the people follow us at? On Play It Again Pod, underscore pod, right? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) So everybody can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Play It Again Man, underscore pod. That's what it is. Uh, (laughs) That one, yeah. Uh, I, I might just make more accounts for every for every one that you uh, that you come up with. We'll we'll just make more accounts so it's, people it's can follow. It's just a running joke now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it up every time. Yeah. So follow us on there. Tell your friends. Tell your families if they like movies. Um, do a lot of '90s stuff. I mean, that's yeah. when we were growing up. But uh, if they like movies. This is the place to come. One thing, real fast. Yeah. How cool is that knife that that they have? It's super cool. Can, it's really it, cool. Anyone that listens to this episode, if you can send us a DM on what kind of knife that is and where I can buy one, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Because I really want one. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Um, but yeah, for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunes. And we will see you at the movies next week.